Back to On the Block with Strick and Nate on 93.7 The Ticket and theticketfm.com. You listen to On the Block 93.7 The Ticket. My name is Nate Brennan. Jay Foreman, the Husker Hall of Famer, he's going to join me here pretty soon. Really no one that I'd rather hear from than Jay Foreman. Uh, definitely a good person to speak on this subject because, to be honest with you, I'm still kind of in shock after after what went down. It's I know you're supposed to just let yourself heal, let, let it go by, let it just happen. I still got a sour taste in my mouth. 402-464-5685, Star Raymond text line, Honda of Lincoln Hotline. Keep the text coming. Keep the thoughts coming. Definitely want to hear from you guys. I know a lot of thoughts, a lot of emotions, a lot of things going on right now. So, so it just let's all let's all collectively try and heal and get through this together. I'll go ahead and head to the Honda of Lincoln hotline right now. Gary, Gary, what's on your mind, my man? Hey, I just got three points I want to make, and you okay. can kind of take the conversation from there. Yeah. Um, you know, when things go bad like this, I find myself summarizing a lot. Um, but I, I really think that we don't know what we don't know. Um, we heard all through the offseason how they got through camp with no injuries, but is that a result of the defense just not hitting, you know, ones-on-ones? Um, that could have been a factor in the linebackers being kind of slow in pursuit. So that's something to think about. Um, but going back just to the whole Scott Frost tenure, if you think about the win and loss record, throw that out for a second, and think, think about the win and loss record from a standpoint of line play and how many times that we actually felt like we won the line of scrimmage. Mm-hmm. That's a pretty, pretty telling sight right there. Yeah. Um, you know, prior to, uh, to 2018, you know, Mike Riley's staff, they were well-known not to develop depth, and we had a good year in 2018, but that was because we had all of those Riley guys that had all of those reps, and then when they were gone, we had nothing, and it showed in 19, 20, and 21. Frost was slow to make an adjustment, finally made a line coach change, and I think we really got to ride this out and see what Donnie can do because, let's be honest, I mean, it's only been, you know, spring training until now. Those kids still have old habits, so you got to ride that out. And then, last point, I think this is a really, really fragile time. You guys uh, at the ticket and you guys that are controlling the narrative and listening to these conversations on the radio, you know, when Bo Pointy was getting ready to uh, – to head out the door, everyone saw it coming because of what was happening with the narrative on the radio and in the newspaper. And, I mean, the best thing we can do as a fan base right now is write it out, yell your butt off at the game, and cheer for the team. Wish them the best because if you don't do that, this thing's going to go downhill in a quick quick hurry. That's all I got, man. Yeah, appreciate the call, Gary. Um, And I think he's entirely right, and like I said, I'm still – Drinking the Kool-Aid to an extent because I do believe in this program and I do believe in in the players that are on the field. It's just at what point, and I think Gary's right too, is you have to look at the line play, and I don't know if we can really ever say that Nebraska during Scott Frost's tenure has really dominated on either side of the line. Um, I just think at some point, when you look at the one score game, like what what it keeps coming down to is I, I know 
everyone looks at this one score game narrative in the record and saying that it's five and twenty one. And yes, you're keeping games close, but at some point that trend has to turn around. And I just the the only pushback I'll have against Gary in that sense is like, at what point do we look at that record? And if it keeps getting worse, when do we make the change? Uh, Bach joining me now too, so I <laughs> he's probably heard me just yelling in here for a while and said, "Okay, uh, wants to step in here too." So um, I don't know if you heard him, Bach, but he he said we just need to ride this out and root for the team, and that we kind of push a certain narrative. And I I, I want to be very clear that I root for this team no matter what, and I have faith in this team. I just think at some point when you look at the one score games, and my biggest thing was you look at the last year those one score games. I would say you could take that as a positive. Ohio State, Michigan State, Michigan, Minnesota, even Purdue you can throw into that. Like, you're losing those one-score games, but those are good teams. Mm-hmm. At what point do we have to say enough is enough in, in Northwestern again? It could change. I don't really know what Northwestern's going to look like this year, how they're going to shape out. I'm going to go out on a limb and say Northwestern's not going to be great. Yeah, probably not. Like, and and either, either way, they were 3-9 and nine last year, and you beat them by 49. Um, exactly. So, I mean, how much is there? How much of a difference can there be from you know one year to the next? Um, and then the other thing with that though is, and, and no, I, I completely agree too. Um, despite maybe uh, <laughs> me coming off as the bad guy at times because I didn't jump on board with this team just just taking off and kind of thought you know I want to see it uh, until I I, I I buy into it and that's why my predictions weren't too high. Um, that doesn't mean I don't cheer for the team or want this team um, to get it to get it going. And that, and that includes this year. I, I think, you know, today is, is kind of your overreaction Monday type thing as the, as the week kind of plays right. out, you kind of can g- get back to earth a little bit and start to understand there is, it's just one game and there's a lot of, a lot of games left. Nate, I don't know if you saw this though. I know you're saying, um, you know, they're, that they're going to win a few games and make a bowl game. They're going to have to beat one of those teams that won nine or more games last year. Right. Um, at this point now, cause Northwestern, that was your, if, if you had to count that as a win for one of your right. six. Right. Um, so as easy as their schedule was portrayed to be, as opposed to last year, um, there's still six nine-win teams from last season right. on the schedule. You're, right. You're gonna have to get one of those, and if you, you know, not saying any all those teams are gonna win nine again, but of course Frost hasn't beaten uh, a team over 500 records since 2000. A Big Ten team, anyway, since 2018 when he beat Michigan State and Penn, Minnesota, and those were seven and six teams. Those weren't like overwhelming Big Ten teams. I just, I just fear at some point though too. The the, the other thing is, um, maybe you do pull this out. Maybe you do go seven and five, whatever your goal is, whatever the metric is that that right. Trev is going for. But those one loss games start to pile up because a lot of them include a coaching error or two. Most of them do, and most games do. But when it's when it's when it's in, in in the one one game category and you're five and twenty one now, like yeah, maybe at some point you're you should win one just because mathematically that's gonna gonna turn around. But is this not indicative of maybe what what you're in store for if you if you stick with it? I mean, I, I think at some point you and have to say thing, five right? years, uh, and we'll see what if it makes it the whole five years or whatever. But as we play this out, the five years of the records are five years. It's not. It's no longer. Well, he just needs to get his guy, or or this this guy's holding him back, or anything like that. That's a lot of data, and it's exactly. it's a lot of data piling up against Scott Frost right now. And that's the thing too. And I, I know that 
I think people look at this 5-21 and 21 record, and I think it's somewhat a little bit unfair because you have to look at those one-score games and say, okay, you're playing in the Big Ten. You're playing legitimate competition. Like Some of those games that are one-score, you can you would consider a moral victory, as bad as that sounds. Like, right. Listen, you there was a team that went to the playoff last year and two teams that made it to a New Year's Six Bowl, and you played them within one score. I know that's a moral victory, but there's something to be said. Like, that is positive momentum. That makes you feel better. A one-score loss to Northwestern makes you feel worse. It makes you feel like yeah, you gave it this up. This does not go into that category. No, this doesn't fall into that category. And then at some point, too, the mo- the moral victories are just, man, give us a, How many times are you gonna a gosh darn victory, not a moral right? victory at some point. And, it's, and that's why I keep saying it's going to be really interesting to see these next two games, and especially that game against Oklahoma. Box is going to stick around. We're still waiting on Jay Foreman, the Husker Hall of Famer. We're still going to go over this. Lots of things to talk about. We're leading up to North Dakota, though. Drinking some type of Kool-Aid. <laughs> we'll get through it together. 93 send the ticket on the block.